Welcome back, people, to episode 21 of the Living Room Chat podcast with Ryan and Matt, and for the first time, a guest that's reappeared. Oh, my <laughs> first reappearance. You are. Yeah, you made it back for take two. Yeah. Take two. Everyone loved you the first episode that you did. It when was, was it? It was about a couple months ago, wasn't it? It was the foot pics, I think. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. what does it. Put a photo in the description. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, so yes. yeah, back to 21. Cool, um, cool. Firing through after last week's um, 20th bumper episode. I enjoyed that one. I good. did, yeah. It's fun. Well, we said it's fun getting guests on. It's just... Uh, Nice way to mix it up. Absolutely. Yeah. Some good all st- talking to each other. Yeah, well, we, we, run, we run out of things. <laughs> yeah. We don't really get... Do we get bored? We get bored. No, not really. But at the same time, it's still... Um, good to... Refreshing. Mix it up. Yeah, just get a bit of a different vibe going. Anyway. But Matt, what have we got in store for this episode? Well, I wanted to just have a bit of a rant. I know we ranted about solicitors a couple of weeks ago, um, and I had an incident yesterday with solicitors, which pissed me off. But we've ranted about them already, so I wanted to rant more generally about leasehold okay. and why it sucks. And I think all estate agents hate dealing with them. I'd agree with that. I wanted to talk about the... Well, oh, dog's gone. For those visual listeners, audio, we'd have no idea that he was here. You might hear his little... Yeah, pitter-patter. Yeah. Um, George. I want to talk... It was something I heard or picked up recently about... Um, obviously, the estate agency industry isn't regulated at all in the UK and whether that will be a good thing or a bad thing. So I was interested to get your views and, and yours, Lauren, as well. Is this on the brink of the new Sell and Sunset series coming out? Is that what, Have you been watching it without me? I started to watch it. That's exactly It's it. so good, isn't it? Well, do you think it's good or does it make you cringe? Or like, oh, what? 100% cringe. But I, I, my guilty pleasure is reality TV, so I... It's a good fit for you, then. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I love it. Yeah. I lo- mainly I like the houses. I... Like, I like the way it works. You just think, geez, like. I confess, I've never seen it. But you said new series. You want me to watch it as well with you? Yeah. I, I mean, funny. the women are beautiful in it, and they wear hardly anything. So. I, why do I need to look at beautiful women? I've got you. <laughs> <laughs> do you reckon it's real though? Do you reckon they're actually agents? Oh, it's got to be a. It's, uh, it's got to be a bit commercialised, isn't it? Like, I it's think. Not gonna be... Yeah. Well, no. I think the. Um... The sell the sales are real. They can't like there is the actual group. It's called the Oppenheim Group. I think yeah. that is a real Complain. place. But yeah. I think the drama and the stuff that surrounds it is yeah. like any other reality where they set things up and yeah. Well, well yeah, that anyway, it has nothing sorry. to do with um, my point and regulating the industry. But it'd be interesting to hear your views. So we can talk about that. I also um, a question I wanted to ask you, which we'll get onto is if a seller approached you and had a certain amount of money to spend, we talk about how much, what advice would you give on what the best options are to spend the, the money on? And the reason that's come about is we've we've had a couple of quotes for things in our house now. Obviously, we've sat in my living room now, but we've had quotes for windows, getting a quote for the garden, getting a quote for the drive. Don't look too hard, they're awful. Yeah, we haven't done the windows. I was going to say, you haven't had any quotes to get some uh, artwork up in here, <laughs> no, like I've been talking no, about. we can't find any. We haven't really looked. I look. Anyway, so, so what money can we spend? What money would you advise people to spend on their house to make it perfectly sellable? It's a good option. Okay, I reckon that's a good place to start. Okay, well, this is the picture then. So, a seller approaches you and says, Matt Barrel, I have £5,000 to spend on my house before I put it on the market. What shall I do to increase the value and make it more saleable? What type of house is it? Like a standard three bed? It's it's not it's not it's, it's a hypothetical situation. So I'm, as you know, I'm selling my house soon, 
And yes. so I'm going through this sort of audit of every room and like what needs doing. And I reckon my advice, and this is the advice I'm giving myself, is do the, do the jobs that buyers can call you out on. So, so anything that's like a bit of a red flag or a buyer's probably gonna walk around and be like, oh, what's that? Yeah. So in my house, like there was some skirting board which was just loose. Like there was like a cracked um, windowsill. Yeah. Uh, like two lights didn't work, two down lights didn't work in my bathroom. So like those kind of things. So I'm, small TLC jobs. Yeah, I'm fixing, but stuff like marks on the walls. You're gonna leave. Yeah, the stuff which is just wear and tear. Yeah. But the stuff which is like, oh, that's broken. This is broken. Yeah. Does that make sense? It makes complete sense. Yeah, and I think that's good advice to give. What, what about you, Lauren? What would you offer advice to people if they said I've got five grand to spend to make my house more saleable? What would you uh, What would you advise them to do? I think the stuff that Matt said. I think generally most people can do bits like that themselves. Yeah. I think. But with the five grand, five grand isn't a lot of money. No, I know, but is it? Um, I think. But not many people would spend that though before putting a house on the market. Yeah, they? that's true. I think if you can, if it can stretch to a fresh coat of paint throughout the house, yeah, that always goes down well. Also, my pet hate in bathrooms is when there's mould. Yeah. Paint the bathroom, redo the grout, um, yeah. sealant, whatever yeah, yeah. it is. If the bath panels naff, get rid of that. It might just be my thing. Kitchens and bathrooms for me are things that I yeah. focus I think, more on. And I think buyers are like that as well. If there's a lot more, if the kitchen and bathroom's good, they're the big ticket items, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. They look like they can be managed for a few years. It yeah. almost really like, decor-wise, people can get on with. Yeah. I agree with mm -hmm. that. Do you yeah. think it happens? Do you think it makes a difference with seasonal markets? Because obviously, it's a beautiful sunny day in the middle of May at the moment, or towards the end of May. We're coming into the summer months. People are looking to sell. Would it be worth investing in some a garden to come round and make the garden looking great? Jet wash the patio, get some new garden furniture to sort of sell the dream of the garden. Do you think that's a good idea? I think it depends yeah. on what you're like. I'm always, I never want someone to spend a pound unless we know for sure that pound's coming back in a sale price. Yeah. So, you know, buying garden furniture just for that garden, that to me is risky. Buying garden furniture you love, which you're going to take to the next house. That's yeah, much safer. But I mean, kind of almost stage the property a little bit more because obviously we know it's a competitive market. Mm. I hear what you're saying. You don't want people to spend money and waste it. But at the same time, if you've got a house that's very similar to everything else, you need to have those little niches. Yeah. I definitely think curb appeal as well. The front of houses. Like yeah. Our true. property is it's not a pretty house. It's not. That's fucking ugly, isn't it? It is. It's disgusting. But it was like four minutes before we swore. <laughs> <laughs> um, I look to your neighbours though and you've got the steeper driveway and they don't. Yeah. Is, am I right in saying that? there. Yeah, out the front. I just, okay. I noticed it was a very different looking. Yeah. yeah. It, same it kind of levels house, off a little bit and then the hill just drops down. Yeah. Yeah. But I think curb appeal, when people are pulling up, a lot of people do like a drive-by before they do the viewing as well. Yeah, yeah. I think make sure all your uh, blinds, nets, whatever you have in the window are straight. Like yeah. from the app, just go and stand outside your house and just look at it. And sort of and pick fault in it and then get those sorted. That's good. Yeah, That's good idea. yeah. basic things that, I, that do make a difference. Stick a fake plant at the front. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think it's just getting rid of those things that buyers can sort of complain about. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but then I, I sold a property recently that was a little bit. It wasn't. It was old. It was fine, but it had scuffs and you know, like the door handles were probably thirty years old and yeah. stuff like that. You know, one buyer walks in there and goes. Oh, I don't like this. Everything's a bit tatty and old. 
the next buyer walked in there and just loved it and it suited them and they were looking past all of that. And, that, and that's the yeah. big point there. It doesn't matter how much you do, it's, it's kind of depends on the person who comes to view the house, isn't it, ultimately? Yeah. yeah. And I think but, it yeah. depends on the style of the house. So like if you've got like a two-bed flat and it, in a new build and it's, it's supposed to be new, new, new and people walk in and it's... Tatty. Tatty and not looked after, it's just not... It's just not appealing. Mm, I agree. I agree. Well, that's interesting. It was interesting to hear. Yeah, thoughts. I've um talking about price with people recently. I'm always I've been saying that you know the first thing people look at at the house is where it is location. Mm -hmm. Can't do anything about that. No. Second thing is how many bedrooms. Again, you can't really do anything about that. You, what you can do something about is the price you put it on at. Yeah. And you can also do something about the work you do before going on the market. Yeah. So I think. Yeah, investing in making it look as good as possible is absolutely money well spent. Absolutely. And I think as well, noting, you know the phrase, you can't polish a turd. <laughs> I think when it is, your house is a turd, maybe you leave it as a turd, but price it Yeah, right. and yeah, you, don't. Because yeah. when people come to sell sometimes, it's like, oh, should I put a new kitchen in? It's yeah. like, no, you should have put a new kitchen in five years ago when you moved in, because yeah. then you'd be able to enjoy the kitchen yeah. for five years. Yeah. yeah. Before you sell it. Putting a new kitchen in, but then all your doors are hanging off the hinges probably isn't going to yeah. make any difference. Yeah, yeah. To spend yeah. elsewhere, isn't there? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So um, I'm intrigued to hear your issues with mm. leasehold properties in general, because we've been fortunate <laughs> in our business for the last year. We've had, we've got one leasehold going through at the moment, and that's the only one we've dealt with that's sold. We haven't dealt with any flats. Oh, Skelton Court. Bonamy Court. Bonamy, okay, cool. So scrap that. Mm. We've sold a few. A few flats. We've not had any major issues. We've got one no. going through at the moment. But most of our houses have been, most of our properties have been freehold mm. houses in the area. But I know you haven't had such luxuries. No. So most of my sales have been leasehold. And lots of them, to be fair, have been fine. But um, as you know, the solicitors play such a key part in making stuff happen. Yeah. And I think the thing with leasehold that maybe you don't know when you're getting on the property market. Most people will look at leaseholds, it's cheaper than freehold. But leases are just so complicated yeah. and there's so many areas where it can get complicated. Solicitors don't like stuff, mortgage lenders don't like stuff, and it all just conspires to take away my commission, which makes me very sad. Because there's so many moving parts, isn't there? You've got the freeholder, you've got the management company, you've got the lender, you've got the solicitor, the buyer, the seller, and obviously a little old agent at the bottom with their opinions, but there's so many, whereas when it's just a freehold, it's just literally buyer and seller and solicitor. Yeah. There's so many more people in, involved. Um, have you got a particular issue that has happened that you want to rant about, or is it just in general? It's probably quite boring, the thing I had yesterday. Um, well, but... say it anyway, and then we can cut it out if it's really boring. <laughs> <laughs> so on, on Kennet Island, you mentioned last week, was it week before your first sale was Drakeway? Like, yeah, Island? three number four Drakeway. So this one is, is on a Kent Island block of a similar age. Uh, and there's the lease, and there's another lease, and there's another lease, and then there's a head lease. Yeah. Wow. And there's a clause in that head lease, which no mortgage lenders will accept. So Helpful. after three months into the transaction, we now find out we need a deed of variation. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's just upset the seller. The solicitor's been like, we can't deal with this. You need to go off and sort it yourself. So I'm there like as the agent expecting my commission this month, yeah. be like, how do I fix this? But getting a deed of variation between two parties, which 
isn't my client the seller it's the freeholder at the top and the next yeah. lease it's next to impossible little old you can't make those calls yeah you can't get you can't even get to speak to anyone to deal with it that's the problem and i'm like in no way could i have seen this coming yeah. why uh, do they do that why who is that a benefit to though like making it this complicated i think in this instance it's because part of the block is shared ownership part is not okay and it's a I'm, I'm not sure exactly how this is made up. But this is, but... this is you know, you, you say griper for solicitors more than anything, and we talked about that before, so we won't bring up again, but that is a solicitor's situation to deal with. It, it absolutely is, yeah. yeah. It absolutely is. They need to deal with that. Because I, I try and get as involved as I can with, like, basic lease terms. Yeah. Just to let buyers know, you know, like the ground rent thing has come into play recently yeah. where... Um, the terms of the ground rent, when it escalates, how much it escalates by, I need to know that up front. So I do ask my sellers for a copy of the lease. Yeah. But I'm not, I can't read through that whole thing. No, and I'm no. not even qualified to translate you it. You can't advise on it, advise on it no. either, can you? Um, it's just frustrating. I think really from frustrating. personal experience, when we bought and sold Skelton Court, it was almost like you had to jump through so many hoops to get to the starting line mm. and then you get to the starting line and they're like oh hang on a minute six years ago you didn't tick this box so now you're done <laughs> and yeah. you're like it's only a bit of paper like it, it, it it's it's I bizarre think, i think lease obviously leases as a general term are an issue you know i i'm not a fan of them and i always try and advise people if you're ever going to try and buy somewhere try and buy a freehold <sighs> leases it really i think you is element of luck big massive developments like kennet island or places like that there's so many moving parts. Mm. I just feel like they're difficult. Whereas we just listed a flat in Central Reading, which is a Victorian conversion. Mm. It's a leasehold, and there's there's a freeholder, but there's two occupiers. Yeah. A lease is like a quarter of what a, what a Kent Island lease would be in terms of length. It's yeah. so simple. Uh, I know there'll be no issues. Yeah. Touch wood. Well, that's more of like a an older arrangement yeah. when they're not so like onerous and they're not just trying to absolutely whereas like these a ones gentleman's agreement almost yeah, like, yeah yeah just jotted it down yeah jotted down and that's fine and that's stood for you know whatever it's been on there for mm. but places like Kent Island where you've got massive massive corporations massive companies and so many lease like leases within developments it's just going to cause issues and so much red tape that you you won't even know because no one's going to read through the entire lease no do you surprises. I never, yeah. I never remember it being this bad. Well, I feel like it's it got really bad in like the last twenty years in terms of companies just being like out to make a buck and screw people. Yeah. So things like one hundred and twenty-five year leases with ground rent which goes up every ten years. Yeah. You know, all of these things just seem really, really unfair to the leaseholder. Yeah. So I don't see how it can go on. No, like, like well, they've, they've been talking about it for ages to kind of restructure that and get rid of leases or get mm. rid of that situation. But like, there's bigger fish to fry at the moment, isn't it? A problem. That's the problem. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I did a poll on my Instagram about if you're a if you're a leaseholder, how happy are you with your service charge arrangements? Yeah. And like, majority of people just nah, can't stand that. Shit. Yeah, I've never met a happy leaseholder. It's like, yeah. I pay my service charge, but it's very fair. <laughs> my sister had the exact same thing. She was in a row of houses, and she actually complained so much that she ended up. Was it, she ended up being like on the board? It was one guy that owned the freeholder. She ended up going round to his house and 
being like, what's going on? Like, you're taking X, Y, Z from us, but what are you doing? Yeah. yeah. My, my, sort of, my sister's li- forced to be reckoned with. It but, was yeah. nothing. <laughs> like, it was a communal path at the front and the parking area, which had, it was not maintained. No, it was, it was awful. But she yeah. took it upon herself and <clears throat> contacted him, refused to pay, went round, had a conversation with him, and then she became, like, um, in charge of all the residents. Yeah. Sort of got them all together and yeah. made a deal. But that doesn't happen on Kenna Island. On small no. little developments of 10 properties, that's perfect. But yeah, when Kenna Island was yeah. literally yeah. thousands of flats. Mm. Yeah. Thousands, hundreds, hundreds. I reckon close, close to a thousand. thousand. Mostly flats, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Got to be close to thousands. Got yeah. If not more. It's about anyway. 50 in each block, maybe? No, yeah. Maybe not all of them. I don't know. Anyway. I'm curious. But yeah. yeah. Leave Count holds. them next week. <laughs> Do an audit, walk around with clipboard. Yeah. Um, yeah, so leases and, and the ground rent is, is just causing me loads of problems at the moment. So, um, is it fair to say you're you, obviously people charge higher for, for leaseholds now? You do you do that as well? Like, do you try charge a higher fee for leaseholds? I don't, I feel like I should do. I think you should because um, ultimately, what do you charge a fee for your time and your work? Yeah, ever taken more time and more work? Yeah, I think it's really. It's one of those things where it's quite um, like some leases can be fine. Yeah. More often than not, though, it's more work. Yeah. It's less money. Yeah. Um, so go. it should be yeah should charge more for it. Excellent. So final a bit of advice on on people looking to buy leaseholds. What would you give them? Don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> no, do do it. Just um, someone said to me a quote before. It's read the bloody lease. And you should read the bloody lease. Like, don't assume. Get a good solicitor. Pay three or four hundred quid more for a solicitor who's going to walk you through everything, mm-hmm. so you know what you're getting yourself into. Find a leasehold specialist. Every Le- solicitor's a leasehold specialist. Aren't they? <laughs> yeah, Until they're not. Until so cool. Yeah, yeah, so cool. None. Awesome. Well, it kind of leads segues a little bit on because we're talking about leases and regulations. But I was yeah, this topic of conversation I've heard. I mean, to be honest with you, it's been talked about for the last few years about regulating estate agents because at the moment, mm. you can come fresh out of school, stick your hand in the air and say, I want to be an estate agent. You can probably get a job. Um, or start your own business. Or start your own business. To... You could literally walk out of school, mm. bank mum and dad, say, give me some money, I want to start my own estate agency with no experience and you could literally do it if you wanted to. Yeah. Obviously, we talked a lot about the industry being like not as well... Um, thought after as some maybe places like America or Australia where it's actually a profession mm-hmm. whereas we're not yeah um, and no one no one necessarily wants to be an estate agent it just happens for most people mm-hmm. what's your views do you think it should be regulated in the sense that to trade as an estate agent you have to be qualified you have to be up to date with your licensing whatever it may be even paying a, an annual subscription fee to make sure you're still registered. Because I know there's, you've got ARLA and you've got NAEA as a qualification, but you don't have to. What do you think? I think, I don't think it would be a bad thing, but I personally don't think it solves a lot of the problems that a state agency has. You know, like overvaluing and lack of accountability, like those kinds of problems mm-hmm. which affect the industry. Mm-hmm. I don't think it solves that really. I think it's good, and I think any good agent does their own professional development anyway. Of course. I'm not sure, you know, like in America, that you sit a real estate exam based upon the state you're in. Yeah. 
which from what I understand is not particularly complicated. And then you do that once and then you maybe do refreshes right. once a year. Um, but it's not like it's this huge block to get, this huge um, barrier to getting into the industry. So I think what's going to make more difference is everyone being self-employed and therefore yeah. accountable. Yeah, I, I, I do agree with that. I think they'd be good to have some sort of thing in place as a qualification, though. That just a baseline. Yeah, yeah. You have to do it just just to give more than anything, just to give the um, the uh, the state agency industry a bit more credibility. Yeah, yeah. So at least there's some like a hoop to jump through yeah, before absolutely. you can go out. And it might get rid of some of the the chuff as well, like the the poor estate agents, and stop people just getting in it for a free meal ticket. Yeah. But then again. Are they the problem? The people coming in at the bottom of the industry, like the 19, 20, 21 year olds starting out their career, they're no. not the issue, are they? No. It's the people that have been there for 15, 20 years that have. Yeah. That aren't teaching them what they're supposed to be doing. Teaching we're, them the old way. Yeah, it's the baby boomers with 10 offices who are, you know, it's that office setup yeah. that we talk about so much. It's yeah. so bad. Yeah. So I, yeah, I just think people being self employed. It means that your, you know, your reputation is all you have, right? Absolutely. So you're you're going to do the right thing, and then that improves the industry. Yeah. More, I think that would improve the industry more than just having. Interesting to know how many how many people are actually self-employed over employed estate agency. What the percentage is? Because I think I reckon it's less than five percent of the industry is self-employed. Yeah. But you can see the numbers. What's your thoughts? Because obviously you are qualified. Do you think that made a difference? I don't know. I think lettings and sales are quite different in the sense that in lettings it's so fast paced and things change so much and you have to yeah. know things. Yeah. However, with Arla, you only redo it, I think it's once a year. You do three exams and then you sort of have to pay a subscription. If you don't pay the subscription, then you, you can't keep the qualification, which is kind of. It's how they make the money. It's how they make the money, but also yeah. it's not holding you accountable to do what they told you. There's no accountability. No. You can still do what you want. Even you can slap Arla registered on your thing. It doesn't mean you have to do it. Mm. And I've worked for agents that don't don't yeah. do it. And I've said, yeah. well, I've just learnt this, and they're like, no, we don't do that. And you're like, well, well, even though that's like the Arla, like yeah. yeah. And I think especially over the last since COVID and things, renting has changed. It's flipped yeah. completely. And I think agents need to be held responsible to keep up with things. I agree. I think lettings is is different as well yeah because oh, it it is more relevant like on the sales side it's for solicitors who really deal with uh, yeah. that need to be stuff. on the ball yeah whereas i guess with lettings actually the agent does need to know yeah because i think you have a duty of care to the people that you're putting into houses yeah and i think it definitely has shifted like when i first started in lettings it was almost like the landlord always won mm. but now the landlord never yes. wins. Yeah. i personally would never ever be a landlord anymore we're, we're, gonna, we're literally going to start a property investment oh, company in the next three years. We've already talked about. Well, Soph says the same thing. <laughs> like, well, she says the idea of having tenants just makes us so nervous. I think I've, I did it for like ten years, and I saw so many bad things, and yeah. it kind of like loses trust in people. And I don't think I'd ever be able to trust that someone, not even yeah. look after my home, but. This conversation's gone in a slightly different tangent, which is cool. But Sorry, no, 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 it's not at all. We'll do lettings next week, though. So it's I a love, good no, topic. I actually want to ask a quick question. Mm. Rather than if you bought a property as a buy-to-let investor, do you think it'd be better to buy something that you can rent out as Airbnb? No, no, I did Airbnb as well. No, really? Absolutely not. The turnover 
and then you get bad reviews or you don't do it um people on airbnb they expect such a high standard and but if you deliver that it, it, i i feel like it's more work than it's worth to do that maybe long-term bnb but when it's like two days, three days, and you're going in and you're deep cleaning and you're changing bedding and you're cleaning the bathrooms, it, it, it's If you not pay a company to do anyway, okay. I, I've always been intrigued by that business model. Yeah, because Airbnb is. I've done it with a company. We we tried it. It was more rooms. The the rooms went on or the house went on. And in all honesty, it was it was horrible. Was that because what? Well, what Maybe was... it's because it was me that failed to make it nice. Yeah. Maybe that's where it went wrong. I think if you, I, I generally think if you sat down properly and worked out what does what does a Airbnb occupant really want, and mm. work out the best, and then put a plan in place, whether it be cleaners going in regularly or when, you know whatever the situation yeah. works. No, I think that's fair. I think because it was literally just me and one other person, and I was it's the impossible. one doing the. Are you changing the sheets and stuff? Changing sheets. Oh, fuck that. Like, you find yeah. stuff. That's... Like, I'm not a cleaner, so maybe that's where it fell short because I didn't want to do it. Have you seen there's a meme where it's like um, people who go to the Airbnb and it's like, you must check out at 8 a.m., you must leave yeah. a place clean and tidy, and it's like the hotel below. It's like, yeah. oh, check out at 11, free breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. And... Airbnb started right as just renting a room or as yeah. quite like a personal thing, and it's turned into this corporate like commercialized industry. commercial there's landlord. There's hotels on there. Yeah, there are hotels on Airbnb as well. Like you can tell, but right. look at it. But yeah, landlords and things. Interesting. I think long term Airbnb or like a week plus would be okay. But I think, and also I think with Airbnb, it has to be the right location. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It needs to be like a holiday location or a work location. You can't just have a two-bed terrace and a random house. I, yeah, I don't think it's. No, I agree. It might be an interesting topic we could have in the next couple of weeks. Actually, the benefits of rental properties or Airbnb and looking yeah. actually looking a bit. More yeah, better. I'd be intrigued. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> um, and oh, here he is. Hello. Here he is, Georgie. Anyway, um, how was your, have you got any stories from this week um, since we last spoke? So obviously the funny story episode. They went round down really well actually. All the reels have gone out. If you haven't seen them, check them out on oh, the brilliant. socials. Who was um, who was your favourites? Did you say? No, um, hands. My favourite story. I think the funniest story was probably Kyle. But yeah, I do watching them back. I do think the way stories are delivered. That's like, true. Dan Salisbury one about the, um, well, it hasn't been posted yet, posted today, but this will be already be out by then. Um, the way he delivered the story, I think really added to the comical factor. True. See, I think Ollie, I think working with Ollie <laughs> and knowing Ollie and imagine him... Falling down the stairs. Take, like, down those <laughs> stairs. I, I could just imagine his face and I could, oh, I, I, for me, you know, you can imagine something happening. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. That was anyway, what's happened to you this week? Any funny stories or anything that's um, worth discussing? Did you see my um, Did you see my screenshot in the group the other day of the offer I got by text? No, so I, I didn't. I'd done this viewing. Um, I might have seen it. I'd done this viewing, which was outside of Reading. Yeah. You probably know where I'm yeah, going yeah. to. Um, and, and just dealing with buyers there is just the worst because I've had so many verbal offers and I'm like, great, I just need... Your mortgage in principle and your proof of deposit. Yeah. Mm. 
like nobody's given me this information they're like no 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 you just speak to landlord and let me know i'm like no i need to see this information yeah. um, and anyway i got one text message from a buyer just goes hi my first offer is this oh, my second offer see. is that <laughs> and i'm like that's not how this works i did see that i did see that did you just take the second offer well, we went straight to third offer, yeah. Yeah, well, like, again, that's just... Whether it's buyer's naivety, I mean, maybe we just put across that we're trustworthy people. We are absolutely out for everyone, but at the same time, we do work for the seller. This was a buy-to-let purchaser, though. This is not stupid. With 20% deposit to put down, which is about 100 grand. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's not... My first offer is X. My second offer will be Y. Great. Hi, seller, I've got an offer of Y. <laughs> It's just, it just blows my mind how, uh, I just don't know how any houses get sold there just because it's so much fucking around. But anyway. Um, yeah, that was, I did see that. It was quite funny, actually. Yeah, yeah I'll put a screenshot Do on. you think, though, that buyers, I've noticed coming back into doing viewings, I don't know what I was trying to say there, buyers at the moment have or feel like they have more knowledge yeah, that, that's, that's been the case progressively over the last few yeah. years because they there's so much. They come in with their list. Yeah. Dad said to check this. Oh, there's a little bit of this there. Oh, you just think, oh. And also there's so much information online. Like you yeah. can see what people pay for it. You know what the house down the road is selling for. Which is good. I think people obviously, mm. they're entitled to know what they're buying. But sometimes it just grates on you. You think, well, if you, if you, the, if you live in a house, I know that. Yes, that bathroom ceiling's mouldy, but generally all bathroom ceiling gets mouldy after time. There's a window in the bathroom so I can replace. Like, I think as a homeowner now, maybe I know... Take a view. Yeah, Yeah. but Mm. I feel like, especially first-time buyers, they have this list from mum and dad, and they expect everything to be perfect, and I don't think you can ever buy This is why I think it's a massive, massive point when when we're talking to people, but doing viewings with experienced estate agents is key to getting the best price for your house because Mm. there's some opportunity, there's some things that come up where buyers quiz you with information. If you don't know your share, and you don't know what you're talking about... It's a bit like the roof at the house that we were talking about yeah. the offer. Like, you were able to say, well, because the chimney... Did the chimney collapse on one of the houses or something? And you were like, well, No, what? but he was buying another house, and basically they, they'd taken the chimney out, so taken it out at each level, but mm-hmm. not reinforced the roof, and get right. the chimney breast was still in the roof and on the top. Right. I was like, well, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard, because yeah, yeah. I know for a fact that you can't do that, because obviously it's, there's nothing holding the chimney up that's going to collapse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but someone who, and then nothing wrong, we all start when we're younger, but someone who's 18, 19 years old, that was discussed, they wouldn't know what the repercussions are when no. they haven't got the experience. I mean, that's why people have surveys and things like that, but what's the point in getting all the way to a survey if at the start... You could have just gonna, found gonna, out. Does that make sense? It Makes wastes sense, yeah. six months of your... Well, however long yeah. sisters are. Yeah. yeah. That's why uh, getting to know the house is yeah. something... I mean, we we obviously take more time to do it now because we're the only people to. dealing with it. Well, we yeah. did our first house that we were a bit ummy and uh, ummy and ahhing. Umming and ahhing. Umming and ahhing. Whether from experience you looked at the roof of the house and we looked at the condition of the house and there was major issues with that house and we knew that it would be pulled up on a survey. Yeah. So we sort of said, cool, well, before we even take it on the market, you need to get a survey done because yeah. we know that... And we lost that. We lost we the lost instruction. It. But I guarantee when that yeah. sale goes through, something oh, yeah. it's going to get flagged up. The other agent wouldn't have said that. Yeah, it was it's, like, it's it had no, really... no, it had no fascia. Like the roof, the tiles had collapsed off the side of the roof. The gutter was, was hanging like off, and there was no um, fascia. It was all rotten. Yeah, and the, the chimney was like that. The seller even said, uh, "Oh yeah, we get a leak through into the ceiling. It comes through from the wall." I was like, "Okay." 
And they're like, what's your fee? I was like, two and a half percent. That's a lot harder than everyone else. We didn't say that. <laughs> I know, I know. We but... said we'd do it, but you need to get, we need to tell people that unless you're going to fix it, we need to tell people because it's going to come yeah, up. Yeah, that's what's so difficult though now, isn't it? Is that we're, you know, giving that right advice, but knowing there's but so many other people. We're bad the bad guys, but it will, it will bite them on the behind. The other agents yeah. don't care. Yeah. And their little two grand fee, they don't get anyway. They'll get. But they don't care. What's it no. called when you sales progression? Is that what's called? Yeah. We do that. Progress, progressing the sale. Yeah. No, but what are the people call that do it? Sale progressors. Sale progressors. Yeah, that's what. I was yeah. <laughs> that you know, when an agent at nineteen, you sell a house, you then pass all the paperwork to someone else, yeah. and you just crack on. Yeah. But we have to deal with it. Yeah. It's a one-stop shop, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't open your eyes, and as you said, with the leasehold transactions. You might go to the next valuation that's leasehold and say, actually, it's going to be a little bit more because I know it's going to be an issue here. Mm. Whereas some 22, 23-year-old valuer from another corporate agent would be like, no, no problem at all. It's not my problem. Get solved, this, that, and the other. Yeah. I don't know why it's cockney. But, Let the admin deal yeah. with it, but then they won't deal with it. They don't have time yeah. to deal with it. No. They've hit their targets. They've hit their KPIs. Yeah. What does it matter? Yeah. So, especially like in big agents, like they don't have enough people to push the sales through. People don't get called back. They don't have the experience. It's just admin, but it's not admin. Yeah. You should know what you're doing. Absolutely, absolutely. It's been. I've been in a few chains with self-employed agents the last couple of weeks. It's been really nice. Yeah. Because everyone's on the same team. Yeah. Yeah. We had that one. Your aunt, your auntie and uncle sale up the road. Mm. There was a self-employed agent at the bottom of the chain. And um, the first thing he did, we talked about it, didn't we? Mm. Set up a um a uh, email chain with yeah, the three yeah. agents involved and each Monday we just updated everything that was happening. It yeah. went for in nine weeks. That's what I mean by self-employed agents, I think, would improve yeah. the industry more than regulation. A hundred percent, yeah. It's a really, really good point, actually. I've actually got the... Um, it's got the one bit I've got the, I've got the part in the chat tonight and that was the topic I put forward, so... Okay, it's some ammunition. Yeah, thank yeah, you. Nice. Are you going to quote Matt or are you just going to take it no, all for yourself? No, I'm going to take it 100% myself. I'll no be there in the comments I'll, section. I'll, I'll hold a side up behind well, his I'll, head. I'll, I'll just delete like the comment the, as it comes in. You know, like the, um, what are they called? The air quotes, I'll just put them behind Yeah, yeah nice, thank you. I had, this is my view. <laughs> yeah. yeah, which I've been thinking about a lot today. Well, I always plug it, I'll say, actually, I was talking, funny enough, I was talking to Matt Barrow on the Living Room Chat podcast. And I said... Links in the description. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And Matt said, he and should. I agree with him, this was the point. That is a good way to plug it, to yeah. be fair. Right, Loz, we need more viewers, more listeners, more subscribers. So we need a story from you, like your feet story or something like that, just so we can plug. Go. That's on the spot. That's really hard. That's really on the yeah. spot. What, just a general but, yeah. story What from my past working with you? I've got lots of stories about working with you. No, just something that's going to get the get the viewers in. Have, have you, did you guys work together before the no. avocado? We thing? worked for the same company, but not never in the same office. It wouldn't put us together. Obviously. Too busy. Mm. <laughs> Absolutely not. It would, take, it would take much time out of our day, would it? <laughs> um, I have got a story that I don't know 100... Well... It's a horror story that we were told at one of the first agencies I worked for. Go. And it sort of resonated with me. Um, someone <laughs> went to do a viewing at a house and got caught short, so we went to the toilet. Number two. <laughs> went to flush it. The water wasn't turned on. So he had to use his hands <laughs> to carry it outside. No. But he bumped into the viewers. <laughs> he was just <laughs> holding shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so he had to... I don't know. That was it's just a story that stuck with me forever. You know, you get caught short and you have to use the toilet. I just don't. 
Brilliant. Well, that's, yeah. right. that's exactly the never, clip I wanted. Never go to the toilet in someone's house. I'm, I think one of my viewers <laughs> did a number two. Was it in, a kid? In the viewing. No, it was a full-grown oh. adult male. And I was, we were coming to the end of the viewing and I like to let people, do you want to do another lap around? Like, let them go upstairs and, and have a look. Go-kart track. <laughs> yeah. Go on, have another lap. 50p, go around again. Um, and uh, when I went, after they'd left, I heard the water running in the toilet upstairs. And I thought, that wasn't running. We're in here. You swung open the door. Oh, fuck it. Yeah, that stinks. Yeah, and I was like, has he just literally run upstairs, had like a stealth poo? Like a fast That's one. That's pretty like impressive though to yeah. be able to like ninja in and out without anyone knowing. Yeah. Yeah. But it just made me feel really uneasy. I was like Yeah. Yeah. I've got a funny yeah. story for next week. I'm gonna write as soon as I finish this, I'm gonna write it down on my notes for next week's episode. Well I'm not gonna be here. Can you just tell me no? what you have to watch the episode and find Why out? Can't you just say it no, now? we need to leave we've, look what? we've probably gone over time, haven't Good we? Good podcast, yeah. leave a cliffhanger. There you go, I've got a great Sorry. story for next week. So tune and, in and it's, and it's embarrassing for me. Nice. I've got yeah. loads of stories about you. I could make <laughs> it's all good content for go. the following weeks. Call that a wrap, yeah. shall we? Cool. Nice. So uh, we'll be back next week with episode 22. Getting well on our way to our 40 by the end of the year. So find us on your platform of choice. We'll be back next week. This has been Matt, Ryan and Lauren on the Living Room Chat Podcast. Love you. Bye. <laughs>